You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. I want to preach to you about thanking God for everything He's done for us. And, and I'm going to show you some truth tonight that I think will really show you the importance of the attitude of gratitude in our spiritual life and how it actually activates our faith in very special ways. And I realize that there's a lot of things that people are not grateful for this year because of all the trials we've went through. But God is bigger than trials and God has something greater than the suffering that many of you have went through. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I'm not going to have you turn to it. I just wanted to lay this foundation. It says that we're to give thanks in everything, say in everything. The problem with that particular verse, it doesn't seem realistic because how in the world can we give thanks for losing our house or give thanks for an accident of a loved one that we loved or give thanks to a prognosis from the devil you know or, or from the doctor that it's cancer or whatever fourth stage or whatever how can you possibly give thanks in everything the reason why it's possible is because he's not talking about thank God for what the devil's doing he's talking about giving thanks to God in the midst of the trial because I want you to remember this God will meet all of our needs within every trial that we experience so we can give thanks to him for the open door for the healing for the provision for the deliverance and I want to say this about this I'm not talking about just physical things when God meets needs he doesn't limit it to healing he also uh, extends it over to the healing of the soul that could be the byproduct of a physical infirmity that you have in your life this is why the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it God will not only prosper you but he will heal you of greed in the process of prospering you and really put you in a position where you are truly satisfied with what God's given you and you're not a greedy person and a stingy person. So when I talk about God meeting your needs, I'm not talking about limiting it just to a physical realm. I'm talking about extending it to everything else. And so I can give thanks to God in everything because I know that God has provided for me a promise and an, an, an opportunity, a door open, a healing uh, touch, whatever I might need in that situation. And the healing isn't just external, but it's inward in my life. That's why I can thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for those that have betrayed me. Thank you, Father, that you were able to heal my heart from that. You follow what I'm saying? This is something Christians need to believe because we got to go through stuff. Whether you want to go through stuff or not, you're going to go through it because the devil hates you. And he wants to stop you from fulfilling God's purposes that God placed within you. So I wanted to start with that. And I want you to read this verse with me, if you would. It's in Levitic, or excuse me, Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. And I'm going to show this to you from this text. Now it happened that as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then he entered a certain village. There met him ten men who were leopards who stood afar off. 
And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And, and so it was so that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorifying God and fell down at his face, at the face of his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, we're not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way. Now watch this, for your faith has made you whole or well. I want you to keep that phrase in mind. He says, for your faith has made you well or whole. I want you to, first of all, associate the problem that these leopards had. Leprosy, during the time that Jesus healed, there was no cure for it. It was a, a disease that was extremely destructive because when someone was found with leprosy, if they were married, they'd put it, be put in a leper colony or they'd put in a camp of people and all of the children, their wife, uh, their husband, whatever it may be, was all separated from them and they were, uh, they were put into these camps with people that had leprosy and they had no social gathering. They had no way that they could come together. They not only lost their health, they lost their families. They lost their wealth. They lost their friends. They lost the ability to walk on the beach they lost the ability to go into the marketplace. And worst of all, they lost the ability to go to church. That was a leper. So when they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus did more than just heal them physically. And that's what this story is about because one came back and he says, and Jesus says to him, he, the one came back and thanked Jesus for what he had done. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well or whole. The other people's faith made them whole, but only in the body, not in their emotions. I want you to hear me tonight, church, because some of you can relate to this. I've been ministering to people a long time. I've had people that have been divorced. And that relationship has been over, and they got a new marriage, and they've been rescued from the financial problems and all that, but there's still a healing that is needed within their soul. They're still hurting inside from the betrayal, from the trust that was destroyed in their life. I've met people that have lost businesses. They may have a new business. They may have been restored financially, but they're still hurt because of that business partner that they had that took advantage of them and ripped them off and tore their family apart and all this kind of stuff that goes along with deception. And I'm telling you tonight that thanksgiving is a power that does more than just thank God for healing me. It will literally heal your soul and your heart and your emotions 
from past problems that have overtaken you. I don't know about you, but there, everybody's got regrets, right? And regrets bring pain. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? And when you regret something that costs somebody else their life, it's even worse. But I'm here to tell you tonight that if you keep a thankful heart and begin to thank God for what he does in your life, that it will literally heal the problems that you have in your life from the trials that you've went through. There's a lot of people, they're broken. They may have money and they may be physically well, but they're broken because they don't have that thanksgiving in their heart of what they receive from God. Sure, they thank God for it, they're grateful, but it's not to the measure that their soul was healed. I'd like to say this, that thanksgiving to me is more than just a tool in which we receive in prayer. It's a tool in which we get healed of unforgiveness and bitterness and hostility and criticism and, and anger and hostility and all the things that go with it when somebody assaults you spiritually. I know tonight as we look at it, you say, well, Pastor, I don't know about that. You know, I... See, the, the Greek word there for whole or to heal there is the Greek word zozo, not, not zoe, zozo. It's a different word. It speaks more of a completion of something thoroughly and complete where it's not just partial but it's whole most people just interpret it that this guy got saved but he couldn't have really got saved because Jesus hadn't yet went to the cross and it died for him but it does speak of a, a wholeness that happened when he was touched by Jesus and he just gave himself to thanksgiving thank you Lord I don't know why it happened, but Lord, thank you for delivering me. I don't know why it's like this, but Lord, thank you. Thank you for restoring me. Thank you, Lord. And that person is going to be able to go out and, and do what God has called them to in a very great way. And tonight, many of you may be discouraged. You may say, I don't have that much to thank God for. Now, we know you do, sometimes in our blindness we become ungrateful. And it's always associated with bitterness, being judgmental, unforgiving. You'll go from a thankful person to an unthankful person, one that can never be satisfied. It's that simple. What I have learned, and I want to say this from my heart, that people who lose that thankfulness that are Christians are usually this type. They, they were saved by grace. God moved in their life, opened their eyes, and drew them in when they weren't looking for God and, and whatever, someone prayed for them, and, and God moved on, and then he blessed them, and they gave their life to Jesus, and they started with grace, and then after they started with grace, they thought they could stay saved by what they did. And so they entered into works. 
They would work for God's blessings. They would work for this. They would work for it. 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 The problem is when it's work-based like that, there's no thanksgiving. You lose. You've got to stay in grace. Sure, we work our faith out in works, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about works where if I just live this way or do this way, I know I'm going to go to heaven. That's how I keep myself saved. You keep yourself saved by working out your salvation, not by earning things from God, because if you just earn it from God, you lose your thanksgiving. Let me give it to you this way. Ever ordered anything on Prime or on the web page? And when it came and you got it in the mail, you put it on your card, right? You bought it. Did you write a, co- a letter to the company saying, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me this item. Thank you for sending me this toy. Thank you for sending me this computer. You wouldn't do that. You know why? Because you paid for it. But the reality is everything we have we didn't pay for it all you can't earn your healing Jesus paid the price for it so it produces when you're into legalism you're judgmental critical the most crabby people in the world are not outside in the world they're in the church and they're in legalistic settings I'm better than them. I'm better than that person because I do this and do that. You lose the gratitude of your faith because you're no longer in grace. Grace receives freely every day. Every day. Every day I receive freely from God. Every day I receive what I don't deserve. I don't deserve to have breath. I don't deserve to stay alive. I don't deserve to have strength. I don't deserve any of that stuff. And I receive every day by faith. Come on, church, give God praise. It, it's, it's something that I think that, that this is the reason why some people are, are negative and they can't change because they've left the graced walk of God by faith and entered into something where they're trying to earn everything. They become judgmental and critical. Jesus said it this way. And remember, he's, the Bible says that grace and truth came through Jesus. And he said this, judge not with what measure you judge, it shall be measured back to you. Why would somebody be judgmental and critical? Because they're looking at things through justice. What you deserve, what you earn. When you look at things through mercy, it's never like that. You're never judgmental. Because you realize what you have, you didn't deserve. Are you going to get quiet tonight here? Now, I know you wanted something just really uplifting, and it is very uplifting what I'm preaching on, but it does hit us right home because if you're one of those negatrons, you need to repent tonight. Say, God, I'm not going to try to do everything to get everything from you. I'm going to just receive freely what you gave to me, and I'm going to treat other people the way you've treated me. You've given me mercy. You give me favor. You give me a second, a third, and a fifth, and a fifth, sixth, and a seventh, and eight, and a thousandth chance, and a two thousandth chance, and a three 
3,000's chance. You just keep doing that. That's what I want to do for other people, and I give you praise for it, Father. Thank you so, so, so much. Come on, church. There's power in this. Let me read you a verse here. And you'll see the distinct difference here with this. This is found in Romans 11. They don't have it on the screen. I didn't give it to them. It says this. And if by grace, then it's no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. For if it is of works, it's no longer grace. Otherwise, works is no longer works. In other words, it can't be one or the other. It has to be, you can't mix them. Either God freely blessed you or he didn't. I got to walk in that if I'm going to stay happy and full of gratitude and full of blessing. I'm going to have to walk in that grace. And when you do, you're thankful. I'm still to this day don't understand why God called me. I'm just a sinner, man. I've been being stoned all week long and and God saves me he moves on me not because I was seeking after him he man I got someone to be grateful for why would God do that he seemed like he'd look for someone more deserving but he doesn't he looks for those that that can't know that they, they can't do it by themselves and he gives me grace and he forgave me and rescued my family rescued my everything I got a lot to be thankful for but the moment I start thinking I'm the special deal man hey God I'm special I got the IQ that you need I got the talent you need that's when I get ungrateful but you always stay thankful when you stay in grace Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy. Now, let me show it to you from another perspective. You remember in John, the sixth chapter, where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Now, we know the 5,000 is more than 5,000 because in the, in the storyline, uh, it was 5,000 men. And understand something, during this time, they did not have birth control with the Jewish culture. So that means the women and the children were multiplying like rabbits. And so I'm estimating somewhere between 15 to 20,000 people he fed that day. And these are people that had been touched by his grace. They didn't deserve it. Many generations had gone by and had not been delivered. They didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. In fact, they were in a fallen state. But the Bible said that Jesus got his disciples in a boat and went to the other side of the lake. And, and uh, basically, he went there basically to get some R&R, to rest a little bit, and then to personally teach his disciples. And, and he did it on the mountaintop. And then he looked down. And all these people that saw him on the other side of the lake ran around the lake, which, by the way, is 20 miles through rivers, ravines, to get to Jesus. Middle of nowhere. No stores. No McDonald's no Starbucks middle of nowhere Jesus looks down and knows what he's going to do he's going to exercise his faith but he says to his disciples well where are we going to get food for all these people 
they said well lord if we had a year's worth of wages that you know we might get started but that's you know that who you know we can't do that and you know where we're going to get the food here there's no way to get it here all this kind of stuff and he's testing them and then he says i want you to have everybody sit down in 50s and they sat down in 50s and all they had was some food from a little boy two fish and five loaves now here's the part i want you to see in this story jesus thanks God and breaks the bread and he just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies but a lot of people say don't realize what was Jesus thanking God for he was thanking God for the provision now catch this the provision for 20,000 people but he only had two fishes and five loaves in other words he's thanking God that God would take the little that he had and he would multiply it see what we do is we go to church and we think Lord I don't have any money so I can't do what I want to do or I don't have any money on the holidays that I want to do what I need to do what we ought to do is take our seed and take it to church and say Lord I only got a little bit but I'm going to sow it and I'm going to thank God for the increase that I see coming in my life right now the bonuses the breakthroughs whatever I need take care of my family my children I'm going to thank God for come on church you got to thank him you got to thank him for the little bit that you have that goes a long ways. I know all about this. When Joyce and I were starting on ministry, like I said before, we were very poor, and uh, we would have to believe God we'd have people over. We didn't have enough food. And my wife would just believe, Lord, take this little that we have and multiply it. And God's my witness that, that everybody would leave full just a little bit but he increases it but you got to be thankful and you got to see more than what you got you got to see more than what you got you got to see more than what you're sowing you got to see more and thank him lord you're big enough you're great enough if you could feed jesus twenty thousand, you can feed my 20 so there's this spirit of thankfulness with God that God wow I don't have much Lord but I'm thanking you right now that with what I have the talent I have the little talent I have that you will multiply it to the measure that I'm putting my faith on right now and I don't believe that you need a lot of my stuff what you need is a lot of faith and what I thank you for it implies that I believe you'll give it to me. And you know, that miracle that day was very outstanding because it said everyone ate as much as they wanted. So they just, I want seconds, I want thirds, I want fourths. Hey, I'm really hungry. I just ran 20 miles. It just kept multiplying and multiplying. And then afterwards, it said that they picked up the fragments, which, by the way, was not leftovers leftovers people bite out of pieces and whatever these leftovers if you read in the greek is talking about bread that was broken in half in other words these were completed pieces no one had nibbled off that jesus put in 12 baskets because jesus always has more than enough like the book i wrote with plenty left over say amen you may not see it right now but it's there and it's available to you as a believer 
to bring to pass whatever God has for you and bless you. Let me show this to you from a prayer perspective. Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with, with, say with, say with again, with thanksgiving. Let your records be made known to God. Listen, you don't do it with thanksgiving unless you receive something in your prayer. You do it with thanksgiving because you're thanking God for hearing your prayers. It's actually another way of saying you believe you receive. This brings me to a spiritual truth. The other day I was praying. Of course, I'm always praying, but this was special. And I'm asking God about a particular petition that I have. I said, Lord, I'm really struggling with this receiving part. I know I've been taught whatever thing you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it, but I'm having a hard time receiving this. And he said this, he said this to me. He said, focus in on the having part, not the receiving part. He said, there's a difference between receiving and having. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, the difference is this. When you receive from me, you have it and it belongs to you. When something belongs to you, it's different than when you just receive something I give you the keys to my car I say listen you can go ahead and receive this you can go ahead and use it this is only an illustration you can go ahead and use it for a day you got to bring it back on that certain date right it's not yours but you're receiving it but if you buy it from a dealership and you pay for it and they give you the title for it it belongs to you you can drive the thing in the morning you can drive the thing two o'clock this you know uh, in the morning and afternoon you can go out there and go to sleep you can have a picnic in it you can use it anytime you want because it belongs to you jesus wants you to know that tonight that healing belongs to you that prosperity belongs to you that opportunities belong to you that the promises of god belong to you and that's what we receive in prayer those things then belong to me so now when I'm praying about something I say Lord yeah that's mine I prayed for it according to your word it belongs to me now hallelujah remember that the next time you get sick remember that the next time you need a miracle that God has in his word a promise for you that you can receive by faith and it'll belong to you and you'll say that belongs to me praise God that's mine that healing's mine that provision's mine that opportunity's mine that come on that 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 world changing idea is mine that wisdom is mine I've received it in Jesus name wow pretty cool isn't it you know like my wife she's mine she's mine that's right that's my wife my woman I better stop right there I get in trouble all the time I'm from the old school so it pops out now and then a little bit of chauvinist pig stinks out there anyway I want you to look at this verse 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16 look at this rejoice always say it again rejoice always or maybe just now and then how about when there's a vaccine for COVID said always look at the next verse pray without ceasing 
in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you do not quench the spirit and do not despise prophecies I wanted to put it within its context because I want to show you something from this I'm going to show you why people are crabby I'm going to show you why people are unthankful one of the reasons why they're unthankful and negative is because they have ought and bitterness in their hearts and that's why they can't come to a positive conclusion and they end up what I call self-fulfilled prophecy and it works out this way they get up in the morning and they go out and the tires flat on their car so they're, they're putting the tire on and they're grumbling and griping and then they say something like this this is just going to be one of those days and then for the rest of the day they'll hit every traffic jam when they go to the store they're in the longest line and everything goes from bad to worse to terrible it's self-fulfilled prophecy because of a negative spirit within them or they say this uh, they come to this negative conclusion well they'll never pay me back for the money they borrowed from me and the person never does pay them back for it that comes from a negative heart and what you need to understand is when you have a thankful heart you begin to prophesy what God's word says over your family I start prophesying over my family what is going to happen to my family according to God's word and all of a sudden these prophecies starts happening in your life and your attitude of gratitude grows because you look in your life and you say boy I kept saying my boy would come around and have his senses and he came around and had his senses I kept saying my, son, my husband's going to get out of debt and going to pay off our house he's got a out of debt and paid off and you get one victory after another victory after another victory after another victory and then you can give thanks in all things more easily because you've got some baggage about it you've got a history of good things that God has done in your life instead of going negative you go negative you're going to have these self-fulfilled prophecies that you'll be proud of but they came from your negative spirit amen now I know I'm talking about people from other church everybody here has got it together it's got to be you know, church down the street or whatever it's not us amen but just in case it tries to come in remember that the next time you say this is how it always turns out why not say what the word says about it and get that type of prophecy fulfilled in your life rather than the other one now wives listen to me my wife knows all of my weaknesses and you know why I'm so refined because of her she never says you'll never change she never says you know you, well she does say some things all the time but anyway we're pretty careful with that one <laughs> but she never says something about my weaknesses that'll never change she doesn't do that she doesn't do that she doesn't prophesy that and so it's easy to change in that environment because she's speaking in faith about me 
Why are you getting so wild tonight? Don't you understand? I'm trying to bring you to a place of reality here where things can really change in your life and you can really have an attitude of gratitude in your life. You got to look at things differently than the way the flesh looks at things and start looking at the potential rather than what is seen now in your life. And it works on kids, it works on spouses, and it works on pastors, and it works on friends. A real friend will see your potential and call it out. That's what a real friend will do. Can we give God praise right now at this time? Come on, just, just give him praise. Thank you. Thank you. So good. So wonderful. So beware then of negative prophecies towards yourself. You, you got a choice. In a desert, you have, two, you have hummingbirds and you have vultures. Vultures live off everything that's dead. Hummingbirds, they live off everything that is alive. They find a flower, they go to it. I would rather be a hummingbird than a vulture. But it is a choice that all of us have to make on how we want to go. And always remember this. God doesn't like me any more than anyone else he loves us all the same. And the Bible said the eyes of the Lord run. Say run. Not walk. Not jog. Run. To and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong to those whose hearts are completely him. In other words, your faith moves God. Say it with me. My faith moves God. You want God to move in your life? Move your faith. God's looking for an opportunity to move in your life, but you've got to use your faith. If you never believe that someone will get healed, no one will ever get healed. If you never believe God will meet your needs abundantly above, that'll never happen. God is moved through faith, and that faith, my friend, has to be at that level where you begin to thank God for what he's doing in your life after you prayed. You don't just thank him what you have now, you thank him for what's coming because of your faith. Isaiah 61.3 says this. It says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know what praise is? It's accelerated thanksgiving. It's accelerated thanksgiving when you praise God. And I love praising God. In fact, this is why we go to church because we've got to find out everything that God did in the Bible so that we can thank him. We can go back and, and we see Moses, be, uh, God delivering the people from Egypt, from bondage, a Pharaoh, someone that was dominating them. And then we get somebody dominating us, we can look at that and say, God, you did that for them, you can do it for us. Joshua facing giants. Hey, how many's facing giants? We can go back and we find that and we can give praise to God for that. Amen. Let me show you the extent of this. I'm gonna do one more verse and then we'll be done. Second Corinthians, put it on the screen if you would. 2 Corinthians. Look at this verse and notice how it starts out. Now, thanks be to God. Now, now is not later. Now is now, right? Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ uh, through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I like this. Paul said that he gives thanks right now right now because God always leads us in his triumph oh I like that triumph triumph I like that you know what that means it's not talking about a sports car 
You know what a triumph is in the Bible, what it actually represents? It's more than winning the Super Bowl. It's more than winning a game. Triumph comes from the Roman Empire when a king would go out and win a battle and win it. They would come back into the city of Rome and all the conquerors would be in the front of the parade and all the crowd would be cheering them on. Uh, the, the leader would have a, a golden crown around his head and all the festival and the horns and everybody celebrating the victory, the win. After they went first, behind them was all the spoil, all the wealth that was taken from their enemies that lost the battle. And the crowd would be going crazy. And then the other end of the parade would be all the enemies that had been defeated. They'd be in chains. And they'd be going behind them. And they had these people kind of like clowns that would go, go around and mock them and, and make fun of them and, and mimic them as being defeated. And all of Rome would just be uh, celebrating the victory and the spoils that were won and that the enemy is in chains now. And, and that's what Paul's saying, that God leads us in that kind of victory. It's accelerated praise. It's accelerated thanksgiving. It's accelerated victory that God not only won but he's got the spoils for us he not only got the spoils but Satan has been defeated he's in chains he is come on whipped by God hallelujah thank thank you Jesus what a way to thank the Lord I love it stand up with me everybody if you would do you understand this this is the attitude of thanksgiving that we should have as believers it releases faith it releases miracles it releases the blessing of God in your life when you do that celebrating him wow the next time you feel like there's no reason to give thanks you remember what Jesus did on that cross when he hung on that cross with stakes in his hands and his feet and he cried out my God my God why has that forsaken me and he finally after darkness had been in the earth for six hours he leaned over and he said father I commend my spirit to you and breathed his last and then descended into the abyss we don't have the details about it but he descended into the grave and for three days and night he was separated but on that third day God rose him up from the dead and Satan who had the keys of death and Hades he took him away from him and as he ascended up on high, he stopped out of the upper regions of paradise and caused the, new, the Old Testament saints to be born of the Spirit. And the Bible said that he lived captives, captives, and he ascended up on high, and every angel had to bow its knee. Every resistance had to bow its knee. And as he ascended on high, the Bible said that God exalted his name above every name, above COVID, above cancer, above leprosy, above our arthritis above heart disease above every government wow 
And he sat down on that throne and sent his spirit into this world and his servants to testify that this Jesus is alive. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.